sage to the dollars There is but one concern I have just discovered Some girls are bigger than others Some girls are bigger than others Some girls' mothers are bigger than other girls' mothers Some girls are bigger than others Some girls are bigger than others Some girls' mothers are bigger than other girls' mothers Anthony said to Cleopatra as he opened a crater veil. Oh, I said, some girls are bigger than others. Some girls are bigger than others. Some girls' mothers are bigger than other girls' mothers. Some girls are bigger than others. Some girls are bigger than others. Some girls' mothers. Bigger than other girls and mothers And there you go, that was the Smiths with a track called Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others from the album The Queen Is Dead. This is David Eastall, well it was the last time I checked, and this is The C86 Show. Hello and welcome to my world. Yes, as I said, this is David Saw the C86 show, bringing the finest in indie pop from the golden decade. That was the 80s and sometimes before and after. But anyway, this week, as you know, we always like a special guest and I caught up with Gina Birch from The Raincoats. So expect award-worthy interview scattered throughout the show, plus quality music from the likes of bands like The Slits, The Pogues, Lloyd Cole and the commotion, we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it and much, much more. So what I want you to do, sit back, relax, turn up your transistor radios and prepare for the raincoats. This is Lola. Thank you. 
I know, my fans, my fans, my friends, that's what we used to say in showbiz. Anyway, that was Nirvana and the track called The Man Who Sold the World, once written by the one and only David Bowie from the album Unplugged. And before that, we had our special guests on tonight's show. Yes, the raincoats on the track called Lola. Um, this is David Eastall, the C86 show. And as always, um, I'm trying to have talk over Kurt Cobain here. Um, we always like a special guest. And if you um, missed the beginning, and um, frankly, I don't know why you would want to do that, um, you'll realise that I caught up with Gina Birch from the band to find out more about what life was like in a very, um, I suppose, post-punk, slightly post-punk band um, from the late 70s right through the 80s and they're still doing stuff today so like I said I'll be bringing you parts of that interview throughout the show but um, I will also tell you how to get in touch with me a little bit further on in the show but to keep the party rolling I thought we should have a little bit of Lloyd Cole and the commotions and the track called Rattlesnake. Six days. She says a girl needs a gun these days. Hey, on account of all the rattlesnakes. She looks like a human soul in an on the waterfront. She reads Simone de in her American circumstance. Less than 
Tries too hard, she's obvious despite herself. She looks like Eva's own. On the waterfront, she says all she needs is therapy. Yeah, all you need is love, is all you need. bit of excitable feedback that is we've got a first box and we're going to use it rules and regulations and i was going to say it was from the album boston steve austin but i think that was from a john peel session before that 
We had Lloyd Cole and the Commotions and the track called Rattlesnakes. This is David Eastall's C86 show. Special guest, Gina Birch from The Raincoat. So I'll be bringing that interview a little bit further on in the show, but not too far back. But at this time of year, everybody gets very excited with, um, yes, the winter solstice, Christmas and all that groovy stuff. Plus, there's lots of box sets that are coming out at the moment, including this one from Cherry Red Records. This is The Fool, and um, they've got a new triple pack cd box set uh, which is the a-side singles from 1978 to 2016 and this is one of our favorites deadbeat descendant
And that was The Slits and the track called Typical Girls. Um, and that was from a compilation that's just come out again on Cherry, Cherry Red Records. And this is only a five CD box set and it's titled To the Outside of Everything, a story of the UK post-punk. Um, 1977 to 1981 and before that we had The Fall and that was Deadbeat Descendant and that's come out on a compilation as well of all their A-sides which is only three CD box set anyway David Eastall, The C86 Show and as I said we're trucking on with a great amount of excitement because this week's special guest is Gina Birch from The Raincoats and um, as time is trucking on I thought we should play the first part of the interview where I ask her about the formation of the band. Take it away Gina Anna came to uh London from uh, she she was brought up in Madeira, but she went to university in Lisbon. And when she finished university, she came to London and um, enrolled in yet further education. Um, and and I met her on the fine art course at um, Hornsey School of Art, right. Alexandra Palace. Yes, we are an art school band. Excellent. And uh, you know, I arrived from Nottingham in in. Uh, September 76 and um, you know it was, I, I arrived in the middle of a, quite a burgeoning scene really and um, yes. shortly thereafter you know I'd, I'd seen the Sex Pistols and the Clash and Subway Sect and I lived next door to Palmolive, Palmolive's sister right. and Palmolive had met Ari at a um, Patti Smith gig and uh, got to form the slits and there I was on the front row of the slits first gig with Anna and we were just completely blown away and somehow um it it, I mean it seems strange that we didn't feel we had permission to do it before that but it suddenly seemed that um this was our destiny to do a band somehow. Yes. And so we met at art school and um both very interested in what was happening in the you know, in 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 uh, the Roxy Club and the Royal College of Art music scene, and and there we 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 actually got together with two other girls from Hornsey, and uh, none of us could play, <laughs> and we took a photograph. <laughs> but those other two girls didn't actually go on to be in the Raincoats. We 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 had uh, uh, two guys actually. Um, uh, Ross Crichton and um, Nick, who went on to be in the Lords of the New Church many years later, and we 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 we, tr- we tried to write some songs. And that and did it all start to sort of come together quite quickly? Because I know in the, the well, th- it did actually, because Richard Dudansky, who had been in the One O Oneers, was playing with Time and Dog at the at the Tabernacle in Notting Hill and asked us if we'd support them. And we were like, no way, we've only been playing together about three weeks. And he was like, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. So, yes, within a few weeks of actually writing our first couple of songs, we were performing on stage. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't really say performing. We were trying to, um, you know... We attempted to play our songs, and we we didn't really know. We didn't know what a PA was. We we, right. we knew nothing, but there we there we are. We we braved it. And that was my first part of the interview with Gina Birch from the Raincoats. And like I said, um, I've got four parts, so I've got another three to go before the end of the show. And because there's quite a lot of exciting connections with various bands that seem to slightly sort of revolve around Kurt Cobain. I thought I should play something from the Vaselines, and this is a track called Molly's Lips. She said she'd take me anyway, she'd take me everywhere, as long as she stays with me. She said she'd take me everywhere, she'd take me anywhere, as long as I'm good and
That is just musical perfection. Yes, the Vaseline's and the track called Molly's Lips that um, Kurt Cobain chose one of his songs when he was putting together a compilation. And also uh, Nirvana also did that as a John Peel session back in about 1989. This is David E. Still, The C86 Show. And if you'd like to contact me, you can. We always love your messages. You can via Facebook or Twitter. Just go to at C86 Show and you should be able to locate me. Anyway, the part third... No, the second part of my interview with Gina Birch from The Raincoats. And this is where I talk about the development of the band. Well, the thing is that, you know, at that time, within the art world, there was no sense of career or money or anything. And it was felt the same in, in, in what we, you know, we were really applying ourselves to a different form of what we were already doing, in, you know, in, on our art course. It all sounds very arty, but we had no ambition, no thought that we might make any money, no thought that we would continue it. We were just, you know, kind of in the moment. But Anna had, um, you know, she had a, a degree in languages and she, she'd written quite a lot of kind of poetic stuff. She'd written kind of poems, although she didn't really see them as writing poetry. But so when she wrote you know, the lyrics for Fairy Tale in the supermarket, they were kind of, it was a combination of two kind of abstract poems that she'd written. Yes. So she had a kind of sense of lyrics. I, I, I was more in the vein of kind of, um, I, 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 you know, my first song was No One's Little Girl. You know, it was a kind of stompy, um, fairly in-your-face in kind of lyric. <laughs> And we just thought, you know, we, we, we kind of used our ideas of what, um, you know, melodies might have been in our heads or in our bones and body from, you know, all the musicals and hymns and pop music we listened to over the years and tried to kind of feed that together and to try to make something. I mean, we didn't even, we, we were quite keen not to analyze you know, verse, chorus, middle eight. We yes. we decided we would try to not. You know, we we were going to try and make it in our own way, in our own. If if the song meandered, that's because that's how we wanted the song to be. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose that's a kind of post-punk kind of thing. So, our only ambition really was to try and write a song and then to perform it. And um, um, there was no sense of you know, being on the John Peel show or anything. I don't think I knew what the John Peel show was at that point. Excellent. But we lived near to the Rough Trade shop and uh, Anna's cousin knew Jeff Travis and had been into the shop. Jeff had opened the shop a year or so before when he'd come back from America with a big pile of albums and wondering what to do with his life. Yes. And the shop was a bit of a kind of um, social hubbub, really. It had a table and chairs and a cheese plant and various, eventually various fanzines, you know. And so uh, we'd kind of go in there and see what was going on. And there was reggae and I think Metal Urban eventually put out their first single on. That was the first single Rough Trade released. Right. And 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 Jeff at one point asked if we uh, there was a bit of time left over from a band if we wanted to go and do a do a um, you know do a make a single and we at that time Patrick Keeler I don't know if you know who he is he's a wonderful filmmaker who made a film called London oh. and then um, Robinson in Space they're both very kind of beautiful films about kind of London urban landscape in the Ian Sinclair vein right. And he was playing guitar with us at that point, and I think Richard Dudansky was playing drums with us then. And and but anyway, we weren't quite ready. We hadn't quite kind of got got our style. But shortly thereafter, Palmolive was thrown out of the slits. The band that she formed, <laughs> she was thrown out of. You know, ain't that the truth? And uh, so she and and Richard suggested she came to play with us, and and it was Palmolive who was. Very good friends with Time and Dog, who really wanted a violin player. Fantastic. So she put a note up in Compendium Books for a violin player stroke keyboard player, and the um, legendary wording was strength, not style. It's not that we didn't want somebody stylish, but we wanted somebody who had strength over their style. Fantastic. <laughs> and um, Vicky answered, and... Uh, 
she um, then had to proceed to unlearn what she knew because every time she kind of dropped the bow on the strings, we'd go, oh, wow, that's great. That's just what we want. <laughs> <laughs> we liked kind of mistakes and uh, um, things played wrong or back to front or upside down. Which was quite lucky. Anyway, two more parts of that interview with Gina to come, but to keep the party rolling, I thought we should play something from the Pogues, and this is probably one of my favourite songs from the band. This is Sally McLean. Well, Jimmy Blight, I'm on again, the pub where I was born. He played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He served the souls of psychos and the men who had the horn, and they all left very happy in the Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours Where the other man brought Stormers next and he had too many pairs So I sat to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving And he took their all for God knows in the morning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song that time's long gone Now we knew that we'd be seeing him again Sad to say I must be on my way So by me I grew to be a man I learned to love the virtues of Sid Sally MacDonan I took the chairs and drank the beers and crawled back home and done I ended up a barman in the morning I played the pump and took the hump and wore the whiskey down I took the hoods and horses to the men and drank the brown I heard the sight of Jimmy's making money far away And some people left for heaven without warning We walked into the station in the rain we kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang them a song of times long gone Though we knew that we'd be seeing them again Sad to say I must be on my way So buy me beer or whiskey cause I'm going far away I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can To the greatest little boozer and to Sally McLennan When Jimmy came back home he was surprised that they were gone he asked me all the details of the train that they went on Some people they are scared to come But Jimmy drank until he choked Took the road for heaven in the morning We walked into the station in the rain And we kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song A time's long gone Though we knew that we'd be seeing him again I sad to say I must be on my way So buy me beer and whiskey cause I'm gone far away Splendid stuff. That was the Pogues and the track called Sally MacLeand, and that came from their 1985 album Rum, Sodomy and the Lash. This is David Eastall, and this is the third part of my interview with Gina Birch from The Raincoats, where I talk about looking back on their career and to sort of find out what she made of it all, especially as there's so many people who still love the raincoats. That's so weird, isn't it? I mean, you know, when we when we stopped first time, you know, in the 80s, we kind of decided we'd just, you know, give it a break. Um, we never thought, you know, never thought anyone would look back or, you know, that there was anything kind of forward from that date. So it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it, really? Yes. I mean... I was just saying to Helen this morning that, you know, we were looking at some guitars, actually, because I need to get a really lightweight guitar because I've been a bit ill and, and I'm, you know, we're going to do some playing and I want to get a really lightweight guitar. And, I, you know, we were in the guitar shop and the guys in there were terribly nice to us. And the whole thing of kind of girls playing guitar and being in bands now is not a big deal. No, it's true. But at the time, it was a big deal. And I think um, we we kind of... Um, we had no exact role models. There was no kind of major precedent for what we were doing. So we did try to do something that wasn't exactly copying, you know, that we were that we were trying to make something that might be the combination of the characters who were in the band then, rather than trying to recreate, you know... A, um, a Ronette song or yes. whatever, you know. Well, I spoke to a few bands, and I think even if they wanted to copy someone, they didn't have the sort of 
the wherewithal or the you know the actual skills to be able to do it. So they had to create their own noise because it was like that's all they all they had was basically that. So it's quite interesting in in that creative process. But obviously, I mean, recently I interviewed um, one of the members of the Marine Girls, and um, they were chuffed because people are still interested in listening to their music. And also, they found that you know Kurt Cobain had rated them as one of their top 50 albums in his personal collection and and he's he was also a champion of the raincoats as well wasn't he he was yes he was and he'd bumped into uh, anna and uh, he'd gone to rough trade looking for a copy of our first album because he reckoned his copy was completely worn out and of course it wasn't in 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 um it had, what do you call it? It wasn't impressed, or what do you yes, say? Yes, that's right. It wasn't like, yeah, I don't know actually what you'd call it. Anyway, they didn't have a copy, and no one had a copy for sale apart from probably in the back of some charity shop somewhere. And uh, and Judy, who worked in the in Rough Trade, um, sent him to where Anna was working in the shop nearby, and he she she, she, she told him that uh, probably Anna might have a spare copy. So he went with Courtney into the shop where she was working, and uh, Anna had no idea who him or Courtney were. <laughs> and um, but she also had had one of the very rare customers that had uh, come into this antique shop, so she couldn't really kind of chat to them for long or find out much about them. And but later, Judy rang Anna and said, "Do you know who that was?" And Anna was like, "Oh no, no." And anyway, she looked. At, you know, we, we we dug out a copy and we all wrote things on the sleeve and sent it off to him and then he wrote about that on the notes of incesticide the american copy and um so that was a kind of bit of a legendary moment and um, mm. then we were supposed to be going on tour with him when he had his first overdose and then um, it was postponed and then we were going to go on tour and then he died so that was all rather tragic i would have loved to have met him because he seems like a really wonderful person but yes well you know i mean he was a you know he was a he really um put a lot of people on the map i i think he he was rather shocked by the magnitude of his own success but he was really um a great um help to all, all sorts of people who had been mostly under the radar you know so he was he was lovely in that way Yes, very poignant there. That was the third part of my interview with Gina from The Raincoats and uh, when we were talking about the underground scene and Kurt Cobain and lots more besides. Anyway, I've still got one more bit of the interview and I'm aware time is ticking and um, not working. I'm uh, trying to work out who to play next. I think we'll go for a little bit of Shonen Knife and their famous song called Top of the World.
also shown a knife in their version of a Carpenter's track, Top of the World. And that came from a compilation that I strongly recommend. If you haven't got it, go and buy it because it will change your life. Titled If I Were a Carpenter, it features 14 songs that we uh, grew to love from the Carpenter's back catalogue. Done by bands like Sonic Youth, Cranberries and much, much more. And Babes in Toyland, I was um, just looking down here. And they're all stunning, so uh, do check that out. Anyway, David E. saw the C86, so my fourth and final part of the interview with Gina from the band as we talk about the ending and the process of what happened when things just become rather tired. When we finished, we were kind of exhausted with it all. I, I think I went off with Red, to Red Crayola and then... I went to film school and kind of thing. And uh, what happened was, of course, the, the, the riot girl thing reared its head. And uh, and suddenly we found that there were these young women doing these amazing shows and, you know, getting girls to the front and kind of really empowering young women uh, in a way that hadn't felt really like that when we were doing it you know you, you, I wouldn't have dreamed of ever saying you know, girls to the front just hadn't occurred to me so you know I think a lot of those riot girls had kind of feminist mum you know they were kids yes. of feminist mums and they um they took it on in a in a in a very colorful um colorful and political and dynamic and wonderful way really um and I think it totally inspired re-inspired us you know we were we were uh quite astonished and very moved that they um saw us as an inspiration yeah. and 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 that was a kind of it became a kind of mutual admiration society really Excellent. Because obviously, then in the last decade, you've been asked to sort of reform and play at various festivals and events. So has that was that quite easy to a get back together again? And 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 did you want to? Well, Anna and I, we we'd we'd really when you know when CDs came around, which seems like a million years ago now. Yes. There was this idea that we would re-release our material on CD, and we thought, oh, it'd be nice just to play like maybe one show in London and maybe even one show in New York. And anyway, she came over to mine, and we got out the guitars and the bass, and just the two of us, and we started playing. And I think we played in love, and and we were just like, oh my god, this is great, this is so fantastic, and we we were. We just felt really like um, it was still alive. And I mean, you know, I hear bands saying this all the time, you know, when they get back and play the song again, you know. There's something very kind of emotional about music and, you know, something that takes you right into the moment of when you, when it was in your head before or in your heart before. And suddenly we were we were very... We realized that there was still something there for us, you know, and so um, um, Anna and I were both quite motivated to do it. And, and it was when I'd, I'd come out of um, film school, the Royal College of Art, and got a phone call. I was making a video for the Pogues, and I got a phone call from this agent saying, you know, would the raincoats go on tour with Nirvana? <laughs> and I was like, well, we don't really exist anymore. And, um, and But it seemed mad to do it and even madder not to do it so um we we um 
Vicky didn't want to do it, um, but we found, I, I, and I phoned up Jocelyn Pook, who's a fantastic composer and violin player, and she suggested Anne Wood. So Anne Wood came to play with us, and she was amazing. Yes. And Steve Shelley from Sonic Youth played with us. And, uh, oh, no, it was Heather. No, it was Steve at first and then Heather. And we, we, we just had this... Um, you know, it, it was a wonderful thing. You know, we were much more mature, yeah. <laughs> and we 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 could see it for what it was as something um, a, a, a wonderful opportunity to do something that both wove together the past, the present, and the future. You know, excellent. I mean, and also, you know, we obviously know you have decades of experience. What would you kind of say to your eighteen-year-old self, in, who was starting out in music? I would say, um, don't. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about the future because the future is something that unravels before your eyes in the most unexpected and surprising way, and you end up in the most uh, unexpected places. And if I tell you where you're going to end up, you you know, you, it's, it's there'll be no fun left. So I just say, let it un let it unfold in 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 curious and unexpected ways. And that, sadly, is the final part of my interview with Gina Birch from The Raincoat. So a big thank you for giving me the time for that interview. And that, sadly, dear listener, is the end. Thank you ever so much. And uh, this has been David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, you can find me on Twitter or Facebook. Just go to at C86 Show and I'll be there. And obviously next week I'll also have another special guest. But to um, leave you, and it's always a bit emotional at this point, I think we should play something from The Raincoats on their 1979 album titled The Raincoats. This is a track called Fairy Tale in the Supermarket. Have a fantastic week.
Vaseline's. Well, it's a, it's a rendition of an old um, Christian song, I think. But we do it the Vaseline's way. 